Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Planning Wisdom of the Super Rich. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we've got the star of our show, Mr. Devang Patel of Virtus Wealth Solutions. He'll be joining me momentarily for another wealth management-related discussion. Uh, you know, hey, if you've been with us on prior episodes, you know that every time Devang and I get together, we dive into a different wealth management strategy or solution, something that he's talking about with his clients on a regular basis over at Virtus. But today we're going to be taking a little bit of a different approach. And I'm excited about today's episode. Rather than talking about wealth preservation, wealth matriculation, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about wealth creation. In fact, the question that surrounds the topic of our discussion today is, do you have what it takes to create significant wealth? Well, we see obviously entrepreneurship is a very big, hot thing these days. It can, you know, we've seen the research showing that it's one of the number one ways to generate significant wealth these days. But I'm curious to get Devang's take on this and what it can lead to down the road and may leave you wondering whether or not you have what it takes to create that level of significant wealth. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Devang on to get today's conversation rolling. Devang, good to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, uh, Ryan. How are you? I cannot complain. It's always a good time when we're together to, to jump into another discussion. And uh, I am excited about today's discussion because it is, yeah, it's a little different from what we're used to chatting about. But uh, hey, let's have you start uh, with this um, kind of overarching idea for us, Devang. There is a strong case that's made that entrepreneurship can be a major generator of significant wealth. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. This is my favorite topic. Many business owners, uh, as we are all aware, that entrepreneurship is one of the best ways. In fact, perhaps it's even the single most effective way to become a multimillionaire. If you take a glance at the uh, Fortune 4 or Forbes 400 list every year, it reveals that the world's wealthiest names like Jeff Bezos, uh, Bill Gates, Larry Ellison are typically self-made entrepreneurs. But it's also important to recognize that many entrepreneurs never end up becoming extremely wealthy or building uh, enormous personal fortunes. Sure. So Devang, you know, given that list of names, recognizing that entrepreneurship is, uh, you know, effective, but it sounds like entrepreneurship alone isn't enough to truly reach that high pinnacle of success and generate that significant wealth. What would you say then are, are maybe some of the best practices of those entrepreneurs that do become extremely successful and, and generate that level of significant wealth? Ryan, we find that there are four factors that tend to stand out among the many traits that we see in uh, extremely wealthy business owners. Number one is their commitment to achieve. Two, the quality of the business models that they have built. Three, is their ability to build extremely strong relationships. And finally, number four, their willingness to engage elite wealth planners to help and build their wealth. All these factors are very important and they're all interconnected and help reinforce each other. Alrighty, so there you have it. Four key, you know, best practices and drivers for generating significant wealth. Devang, I want to unpack each one of them because there's, I feel like there's a decent amount to be said with each one. First one that you mission, you mentioned that first key factor was a commitment to achieve. It sounds like that's really where it all starts. Tell us more about what this commitment entails. It's perseverance. If you want to build a successful business, you have to be willing and able to dedicate yourself to the task. You will need to be very highly motivated even when, actually, especially when things are not going your way. A good example is Elon Musk, who was running uh, SolarCity, Tesla, and SpaceX all around 2008 
and he almost went under because he was running three amazingly different businesses, but he persisted. Persistence in face of adversity is often challenging even for the intellectual and driven people. You also must be willing to make trade-offs, sacrificing some things you want or need in order for other results you decide are even more important to you. By and large, entrepreneurs who have become extremely wealthy have a clear sense that along with making their companies great, they need to pursue significant personal wealth outside of their businesses. Bill Gates, for example, even though he is one of the biggest stockholders of Microsoft, he has significant wealth outside Microsoft. We find that most successful business owners are not motivated primarily by the idea of money for money's sake. Instead, they seem to care about what greater affluence can empower them to do. That might mean taking care of loved ones, supporting charities and organizations they care about, and in some cases, helping to directly change the world for better. And again, I'll bring up Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, mm -hmm. who are uh, who have started a charity where they have they're helping billionaires around the world commit to giving most of their wealth before they pass away to helping world uh, get even better place. Yeah, and, and Devang, I love to hear that. But I'll tell you what, it, that being all, you know, all that being said, the commitment itself isn't enough, right? You I mean you have to take action and you have to implement at the end of the day. Talk to us about this. Very much so, Ryan. Even the strongest commitment to achieve needs to be operationalized. It is not enough to say you want a great business or you want to be wealthy. The most successful entrepreneurs are very good about setting goals. For example, when it comes to personal wealth, they specify how much wealth they need. The wealth target can change, of course, and it commonly does as they approach it. But having a number in place proves uh, helpful in defining their success. And keep in mind, you can have a great business and a great life without becoming a multimillionaire. For example, a lot of people start a business with modest goals and end up becoming more successful than they ever imagined to be. However, if it is much more norm for wealthy entrepreneurs to be intent and have that clarity on building up their companies and becoming seriously affluent. Sure. No, it makes, makes total sense. Uh, Devang, I want to pivot now kind of to our second key factor that you mentioned, which was uh, evaluating just a, a high-quality business model, having rather a high-quality business model. Talk to me about how important this is and how you know the proper business model can drive wealth, wealth, uh, wealth creation. So analogy here, Ryan, is you want to build a blue man group, like a blue, uh, the blue man group, which is the music mm -hmm. band. Nobody knows who the blue man is. And behind the scenes, they can keep changing and the business will keep going on. So the business model is what most people notice when they examine a company. It's what investors often strongly emphasize when deciding whether to back a venture or not. Without a solid business model, there is very little possibility of becoming seriously wealthy. For any company to do well, it has to have a business model that is on target. The company has to do what it does better than their competitors or has to disrupt the status quo in some way. Coming up with an innovation that changes the game is very powerful, like Apple has done, but it's also very rare. It certainly happens, but it's not the way, it's not the way most entrepreneurs become wealthy. More typically, the business model involves doing something other people or other firms are already doing it but doing it very well. For example, Apple, when they came up with their iPods, Sony already had the Walkman, but the iPods did something that Sony was doing, but did it even better. That can mean being more efficient, being more cost-effective, tapping into previously untapped customer bases, and so forth. 
doing better proves to be more persuasive type of a business model in most cases. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Devang, you know, Another thing is that you and I talk a lot about relationships on this show, and it's interesting to hear that you know building powerful relationships uh, is really one of these you know four key factors that drive significant wealth. Let's talk. Let's get into the relationships factor here. How do you view the ability the ability of building these powerful relationships uh, to positively impact wealth creation? What's your take on this, Ryan? To build a great company, you need a great team. No entrepreneur can achieve their success all by their own. Having a team on your side that is putting forth a tremendous effort to make the companies great starts with you winning them over. This translates into them believing in you and your vision for the company, and it helps you build powerful relationships with each team member. I'll bring up Elon Musk again. Most kids who are graduating out of colleges right now, guess what? They want to work for SpaceX, SpaceX or Tesla because they believe in the vision of Elon Musk as a leader. Building powerful relationships does not stop with your team, however. It extends to everyone who can make your company more successful. You will be well served if you have powerful relationships with your investors, your suppliers, and your vendors also. You know, you mentioned the team, right? Your internal employees and building those relationships with them and how important that can be, Devang. Do you have maybe any advice or, or insights for us today on maybe how to build and then maintain that high quality team that you're talking about? Because that boy, can that be a, just a daunting task and a tough challenge for entrepreneurs these days? Do you have any advice on this front? Sure, Ryan. The best way we know to build those powerful relationships is by concentrating on the self-interest of your business associates. While you might be deeply enamored by with the industry disrupting technology your company is developing, your investors may be primarily focused on their expected investment returns. So to build powerful relationship with these investors, it is wise to emphasize their likely investment returns also. And like I give an example, Steve Jobs, even though he was a visionary, he needed Steve Wozniak to run the operations for him. Many of the most accomplished, wealthiest entrepreneurs are finely attuned to the self-interest of the people they deal with. Consequently, these business owners make concentrated efforts to show others how their contributions to the success of the company will help them achieve their own goals. Devang, in, in other conversations that we've had on this show, we, we talk about this idea of, of working with a team around you, maybe a network, should we say, of other professionals. Here we are in today's conversation talking about generating significant wealth and what it takes. That fourth and final factor you had mentioned for us for generating significant wealth was this willingness to engage with the right professionals. Talk to me about this and just how important that this driver is for, for creating that level of wealth. It's telling Ryan that you can build a very successful company and still not become amazingly wealthy. Amassing mm -hmm. a substantial personal fortune often requires paying attention to the ways to legally mitigate or eliminate taxes, including income taxes, capital gains taxes, and estate taxes on your debt. A diverse set of effectual tax-oriented strategies and solutions that you can use while you're running your company, when you sell your company, and after a sale can potentially make you meaningfully wealthier. Too often, however, entrepreneurs look to reduce taxes only when they are about to sell, missing tax-saving opportunities along the way. And we have an example where there was a, a client, two brothers in Florida, who sold their companies for just around a billion dollars. So each one ended up with roughly $500 million uh, in their pocket. One brother is now worth $950 million. 
because he had a plan and he invested with an elite wealth advisor. The other brother from his 500 million, he's now down to $60 million because he made some bad investment decisions. So Ryan, to get optimum results, however, you will likely need to enlist the help of elite wealth planner, a professional with superior technical expertise and the ability to deliver a diverse range of legal and financial strategies relevant to the business owners. In addition, I truly believe elite wealth planners deeply focus on the human element, the priorities, the aspirations, the relationships, and the values of their client. Another example, two wealthy Indian billionaires brothers. In 2007, they were both worth uh, like 45 billion in the range of 45 billion or so. One brother is worth a lot more now, while the other brother is completely broke. The uh, brother who has the money had to bail him out from helping him avoid uh, prison time. So I believe, finally, elite wealth planners can potentially help address crucial concern that is too often ignored by all but the most successful business owners we see. Accumulating personal wealth outside of a business. When entrepreneurs build significant personal wealth, they can diversify away from the single company risk they face as business owners, mm -hmm. potentially giving them greater financial security and flexibility than they might enjoy otherwise. For everyone, Apple or Amazon, there are a lot more companies where the entrepreneur had a single company risk that went under. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Devang, I so I appreciate you sharing some of those examples because boy, did they highlight the importance of having that, you know, uh, that alignment with the right professionals around you to to be able to facilitate your needs and factor in that human element, which I know you and I have chatted about at length in prior episodes and the importance of that within wealth planning. Uh, but no, all great things. And so there you have it, really, folks. Four key drivers on generating significant wealth. Uh, you know, if you're you know already a business owner yourself, maybe you're looking to elevate yourself to that next level these four key drivers that uh, Devang just laid out for us they're a good place to start uh, you know start asking yourself questions about do you have these four key drivers because as we've seen research is, research shows that this is kind of what it takes really to generate that level of significant wealth uh, Devang you know you yourself you're an, you are an entrepreneur you know you run your company Invertus Wealth Solutions when you know when you've gone through this process, considered those four key drivers, uh, and really you know built your company to what it is today, I'm sure that leads you to being a, a decent person to be a sounding board for maybe another uh, you know another business owner that might be interested in chatting about these drivers further with you. So that being said, if let's say anybody out in our audience, you know they they heard the conversation today, they're they're seeing us on the screen right now, and maybe this conversation is resonating with them, and they're interested in chatting with you or some somebody at your team uh, about this process really of generating significant wealth uh, and really reaching that upper echelon, how would you say would be the best way they could go about reaching out to you and your team to get a conversation started? Ryan, so if any uh, successful or wealthy business owner wants to reach out to us to get a stress test and see how to build significant wealth, uh, they can email us at uh, dpatel at vertuswealthsolutions.com or go to our website and request for a stress test. Fantastic. And again, one final reminder, if you know, if you're unfamiliar with that term stress test, Devang and I covered it in depth in a prior episode. I would recommend you heading back, checking that episode out on whichever uh, podcasting or streaming platform that you're using to check us out today. Um, but hey, look, Devang, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to kind of unpack what those key drivers are for generating significant wealth and uh, looking forward to having you back on the next episode. Thanks, Ryan. Have an awesome day.
All right, you too. And hey, look, we want to make sure that you, our audience, have an awesome day as well. We appreciate you guys jumping aboard for today's episode. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, maybe you benefited from any of the information said today, we'd appreciate it if you could subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on today. And then, of course, share this information with friends, family, business owners, anybody that would benefit from these types of conversations. Because at the end of the day, this is planning wisdom of the super rich. These are That is the types of tips and strategies, suggestions that Devang is you know working with on with his clients on a regular basis we've got some great conversations teed up for you down the road that we would hate to have you miss out on so for mr devang patel i'm ryan ruff we're going to go ahead and say so long today but we appreciate you being with us on today's edition of planning wisdom of the super rich